This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right. How many are ready to find out where the best hospitals and doctors and rehab centers are in California? How many would like to just go to those places to pray for somebody that needs help? Amen. Well, that's that, that's what the goal is. We want to teach you about divine healing and divine health and how to stay well. And if you happen to get sick, how to get healed quick. That's what we want to teach you. I want to show you a couple books out of the bookstore. Uh, this one here is called Keys to Scriptural Healing. Keys to Scriptural Healing by Brother Hagen. I'll tell you what, we have a li- li- library, in the, not library, but a representation that you can't check about, you got to buy them. But a representation there are some of the greatest books on healing in the whole world right here at our church. These, these books here will keep you well if you read the Word of God in them and apply them to your life. And then here's God's Medicine. God's Medicine. It's a, it's an awesome little book to carry in your purse, carry in your pocket, and just read parts of it at every chance. And if you happen to go to the doctor's office because you took somebody, you're just sitting there. Or if you happen to be there yourself, Pull them out and read them. Don't read, don't read the gossip columns and things those magazines lay there. Read the Word of God and maybe you won't have to go back there again except for your wellness report. Amen. 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 Uh, talking about divine healing, one of my major strengths in ministry for nearly 40 years has always been teaching from the Bible on divine health and divine healing. Divine health and divine healing. And then seeing the results of people's lives that seriously listened and then put into practice what the Bible said they should do concerning their healing and their health. And so that, that's always, that's been, always been my joy. I know in third John, uh, the apostle John said, I have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in truth. As a pastor, I have no greater joy than seeing when people get a hold of the word of God and begins to work in their lives. You know, I'm thinking about uh, the modest. When Lawrence and Leah first started coming here years ago, uh, Ryland had just been born, just a little baby. And uh, anyway, he had, he had serious asthma. And they were making trips to the hospital, I think probably averaging every couple of weeks to the emergency room because he saw all the breathing trouble he was having. And they sat under the word here and heard us teach about it. They finally got a hold of it where they realized that their son didn't have to have that asthma. And he got delivered of it. He's healed of it. And now he's a, he's a sports jock. He's a the football, soccer, uh, basketball, baseball. I mean, man, that boy just run, runs everywhere and no problems because his family got a hold of the Word of God and got it to work it in their son's life. But that's what God does. Anyway, uh, so I, I, ta- I taught this subject. The title night is, How Much Do You Know About Divine Healing and Health? Part 2. <clears throat> that was the title two weeks ago, How Much Do You Know About Divine Healing and Health? And this is Part 2. And how many were here that night two weeks ago when I taught on this subject? How much do you know about divine healing health? Several of you. Okay, well, at the end of the lesson, I asked this question. I said, how many healing verses do you know? And this is a checkup from the neck up. To find out what you're thinking about, what you know. I said, how many healing verses do you know? And to stop thinking about it. You know, it's just a question I want to start off with tonight. Just, just a serious question for you. How many healing verses do you know? And just stop on this yourself and search and think. Do you know healing verses? And then number two question, how many healing verses do you know, chapter and verse? You don't just know something in your head that somebody said, well, Jesus said something about praying for the sick. 
Well, yeah, he said a lot about praying for the sick. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he, he nonstop talked about healing the sick, and he demonstrated things like that. But how, right now, if your life depended on it, and, and somebody said, uh, give me five healing verses that you're standing on, could you even give one? If somebody was in the hospital, and you went out to minister to them in the hospital, or went to a home where somebody was really bad sick, and you heard your pastor teaching, and other people telling you about healing, there's healing verses, and you didn't have a Bible with you, but they have one laying there in their house. They said, you know what? I really don't know anything about it. Can you teach me something? Could you open the Bible, chapter and verse, five different places, and show them chapter and verse, some verses on healing? And you know, if you can't, then all I can say is, man, your faith for healing stinks. I mean, it's way down at the bottom. If you had a scale of one to ten, you're way down around between zero and one. Amen. And I, ho- I hope there's some conviction in that because I'll tell you what, the times we live in, it's just really uh, sad. All the money and all the lost time that Christians have in going to hospitals and doctors all the time. And this is not to put condemnation out there. It's to say, guys, God has better for us. He has better for us. And, you know, just always, always got to make sure we clarify things so people won't be confused about what this church teaches. We're not against doctors and medicine at all. Doctors, I was thinking about doctors today. Doctors, nurses, people in the medical profession, they give a good part of their life to get in there. They, 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 all, all the colleagues they do, and then on top of that, higher education, more and more and more and more. Matter of fact, back when I taught healing school back in Indiana years ago, I taught healing school with an oncologist. And, uh, I knew, I knew he and his family when he was going through medical school. They were poor people. I know after all this many years, he makes the big bucks by now, but they had a lot of kids, and his wife worked part-time doing all kinds of odd jobs just to put him through medical school. And they were not rich, they were poor, and this went on for years and years and years and years, because he was a, he was a spirit-filled Christian. God put it in his heart to be a cancer doctor and help save lives as a doctor. And so he went to medical school, and just, I mean, day and night, night and day, day and night, he put his heart into it, and he was a Christian led by God called to be a cancer doctor. And so doctors are not your enemies. Don't let anybody ever tell you, throw away your medicine. Don't go to the doctor. If God puts it on your heart to make a change with something, you talk to your doctor and let your doctor know what's going on. Amen. There's 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 been too many deceived, spiritually deceived, flaky Christians because somebody else had a so-called prophecy of what they ought to do. Back in, <laughs> i got, I got to get to where I'm going up here, but I've, I've seen enough. You know, when you've been around as long as I have teaching this and been in church circles, you've seen a lot. But I, I knew a guy one time, he wasn't a deputy sheriff, he was the sheriff of the county in Spencer County, Indiana. And after the fact, he'd become a friend of mine. And he'd been at a goofy, charismatic healing meeting or something. I don't know what to call those things because they're not really a healing meeting or people get healed. But anyway, he was at this thing there, and this, this, this evangelist told everybody out there in the congregation, if you wear glasses and you believe God healed your eyes, step on your glasses. This guy was the sheriff. He threw him down and stepped on him. And this is, this is absolute truth. I'm not making this up. He told me for three years as the sheriff, he couldn't even see to write a ticket. He said he drove around for three years. Almost blind as a bat, he was the sheriff. He said, finally one day, he said, I thought, I must need my glasses. I'm going to get glasses again. I want to see. 
So he got his glasses. So see, I want to, I want to tell you something. There's wrong stuff out there. And the thing is, when God heals you, somebody's going to know it besides you. Like the doctor. Amen. That's one thing I found you. Know, I went through a lot last year. Went back to my doctor for some, the one doctor yesterday for things. Of course, the heart doctor said everything's normal, 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 like swim. You already know that. I can't wait to go to see if I can, but he said I can. So anyway. <laughs> Anyway, went back to the uh, blood cancer doctor yesterday and everything normal, 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 normal. And said, said platelets and white blood cells are, are low, but praise God in Jesus' name, they're coming around to where they belong. But everything's back where it belongs. So see, doctors can see microscopes, x-rays, microscopes. They will all show what God's done. Because when God does it, God does it where people can see it. Amen? And so I, I guess I really, really want to emphasize that to make sure you understand Somebody that's teaching divine healing from the Bible is never going to tell you, stay away from doctors. If God, if God didn't want doctors, then why did he let Luke the physician write the book of Luke, the book of Acts? And travel with Paul the apostle. <laughs> uh, better preacher than you are shouting. Amen. So anyway, how many healing verses do you know? And can you find them chapter and verse? And so anyway, this will show how strong you are and how serious you are about healing and health God's way. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23. We're going to spend time here tonight in Proverbs chapter 4. And I'm really, I really have it on my heart from Jesus to bring you up higher in your faith for healing. You know, my pastor made a comment, uh, oh boy, 30, probably 38 years ago, 37, 38 years ago when I was first, when I was first a, a baby Christian at his church there. And I see today that what he said back then, you could never dreamed it. But I see today the possibility come to pass what he said. He said, Christians, you better learn about healing from the Bible because there may a day come where you can't get the medicine you need to stay alive. Or said, you may, you may need a doctor and there may not be a doctor available. Well, how many have noticed the last few years of all the fights about the health care in America that sometimes it takes a long time to see a doctor and in my case, Last year, that's what it was for me. By the time I started having trouble with my body, it took about six or seven months before the doctor was finally able to get hooked up for me to help me. By the time they sent me a couple of other doctors, there was a couple months wait to get in. And they said, well, you need to go to this doctor, another couple months wait to get in. And then the other doctor, another couple months wait. It took a long time before I finally saw a doctor because I wanted help. But it took that long because of the backed up system in California. And then, you know, uh, the medicines some of you live on every day that you depend on every day to keep you alive and keep you functional. What happens with all of a sudden somebody in the chain of command across the government or the healthcare system says, you know what? We're going to start rationing those pills because there's too many people want them. So you, you're going to cut your dosage in half. But your doctor says, your doctor says, no, you need those. You better find out from the Bible what to do. Amen. Anyway, my pastor said that years ago. And the system wasn't anything at all like it is now. But anyway, it's changed. And so Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 23, I want to read these and then talk about them and go through them. He said, my son or my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. That's talking about the word of God. Have your, have your ears open. Let them not depart from thine eyes. That's keep the word of God in front of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. You need to have the word of God in your heart. For there are life unto those that find them, 
have to be looking for them if you want to find them. You have to be hunting up hilly scriptures. You've got to look for scriptures. And so he says, uh, for those that find them, <clears throat> add health, add health to all their flesh. If you've got a good, good center column reference in your Bible, that word health right there says healing and medicine. It says the word of God is healing and medicine to all your flesh. Well, when the Bible says flesh here, it's not talking about your skin on the outside, although that's included. It's talking about your body. It says that God's word, when you find it, keep it in front of your eyes. You get it in your heart. You listen with your ears. It says God's word then becomes healing and medicine to your whole physical body. I mean, everything from your toenails to your hair. You know, anything in between is part of your physical body. It says God's word is healing and medicine to all your flesh. And like what Brother Hagin always said about the medicine part, that's where this book, God's Medicine, came from. Uh, Brother Hagin teached on this very passage. But anyway, don't look at that, Julie. That's in your language. <laughs> Couldn't find one in English. But anyway, uh, it's medicine. And think about this about the medicine, what Brother Hagin always pointed out. If you go to your doctor, he diagnoses you with something, but he says, well, here, I'm going to give you this prescription. And you take the prescription, get it filled, you follow the directions on the prescription bottle, you know they say all kinds of things, take one a day, take them two times a day, take them with food, don't take them with food, take them before bed, take them when you get up. The directions are on the medicine what to do. And so anyway, you get the medicine, and you take it home, and you put it on your nightstand. And it lays there, along with your Bible. It lays there. And so anyway, you're not feeling any better. And so a couple weeks later, you finally get in to see your doctor again. You tell the doctor, doctor, I just not feel any better at all, man. And the doctor says, well, did you get that prescription filled? Yeah. Well, did you take it home? Yeah, 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 I, I got it. I said, I understand that. I said, that always works. I said, what you had wasn't that serious. I said, that prescription, it, it always worked. Well, how you been taking it? Always sat beside my bed. You mean you didn't open it? Well, no, I, I got it though. That's, that's like, that's like lazy Christians. They hear things like this and they got their Bible and they go home and they have their Bible laying there, God's medicine, and they need healing. And so they pull their phone out and go on Facebook as they go to sleep. And they think, I'm too tired to look at those healing scriptures. Well, I just want to check and see about the latest juice, what the gossip is. I want to see what's going on. And so I, I want to see who's talking about me so I can get offended some more. And then I, I want to see what they said. And then I'll get them. Okay, a double dog dare you. Okay, a triple dog. And do that. And so then they spend, they spend 45 minutes on Facebook. Every bit of faith they did have from a service like this just got stolen. And then they come back to the hill and like, Pastor, I know you prayed for me last week, but I'm not doing any better. I said, well, hmm, did you take the medicine when you got home? Uh, no, I was too tired. What did you do when you went to bed? Well, I had to catch up on the Facebook. <laughs> No, am I reading your mail? Is that how it goes? you got to watch how this stuff goes, because this is God's medicine. Those will find it. And then verse 23 says, verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. 
And what that means is this. Another translation says, above all else, another translation says, guard your spirit. Above all else, guard your spirit. For out of it are the forces of life. And so stop to think about this. God's anointing flows through us as believers, but where does it start at? It doesn't, it doesn't start at our skin or at our body. It starts at our spirit that's inside of here. And so he says, guard your spirit because the anointing you need comes out of your spirit. You've got to guard what goes into your heart. And your mind is the gateway to your heart. If you don't guard your mind, you're not guarding your heart. You've got to guard what you listen to. You've got to guard who you talk to. And, you know, I told you before the story about Pastor Dave when he was a little boy and had leukemia. I had my brother post a guard at our hospital door. We went to a church that had 500 people in it. And all 500 of them were, were strong believers. A lot of them were carnal like some people go to our church. You know, they come to church, but they don't really know anything. You know, they have a lot of negative talk, a lot of bad things. And so I had my brother at the door of little David's room when he was laying in there when we first went in there before we got him healed. And I said, stand there. And I said, because he went to the same church, I said, filter who comes in. I said, if we know it's serious believers, they're welcome to come in. They can lay hands on if they want to. That's that encourage us. But I said, the ones, the ones that just play, play church, I said, be nice to them and just tell them that, uh, you know, sorry, we can't, we're not taking any visitors right now. Just, you know, that, uh, Bernie and Janice appreciate you coming out, but, uh, they just don't let anybody in right now. And that's the reason being, I wanted to guard who came in there. I didn't want the one to come in there to tell me, well, you know what? My cousin had a boy that age and he died. And you know what? My, 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 my friend at work had a girl that age and she died. I didn't want to hear about all of them that died. I wanted to hear what the Word of God said about the ones that lived to keep them alive. So that's what I did. You know what we was doing? Above all else, we were guarding our hearts. Because our faith was in our hearts. And really, we didn't want to start fighting another, another battleground of the mind then about all of a sudden getting a picture of our mind to the ones that didn't make it. We wanted to keep our heart in control where our heart could tell our head, shut up. Because we was in that little room with David. Uh, he was he was in, I mean, pretty serious stuff. That You know, it was pretty serious stuff. They had, been, they had him in a glass room right outside the nurse's station. So they watched all the time. And we're talking about 1989. So all that many years ago, it wasn't like it is now, but they had the great big monsters. That room there was just wall-to-wall things with tubes and wires, and you guys have been around those places, just like that. So with me and her being out there with all the bleep, bleep, bleeps all the time, everybody constantly monitoring, tell us stuff like that, last thing I needed was somebody come in there that's supposed to be a Christian and pull our faith away. So we guarded our hearts. Amen. And so, see, that's what we're telling you about God's medicine. You've got to guard your spirit because God's anointing comes out of your spirit. And you've got to guard your spirit. And the way you guard your spirit is guarding your mind. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen, amen, amen. And so anyway, I want to teach you some Bible basics for this passage uh, tonight. If you want to develop a spiritual lifestyle. This is Bible basics to develop a spiritual lifestyle to live in divine health, which is just you stay well. You know, you don't get sick. You just stay well. You just live a healthy life. And you just don't, not, not just because you eat good to exercise, because a lot of people eat good to exercise and drop over dead. But it's because you live right spiritually and know some things that, of course, take care of your body and all that kind of stuff. But the main thing is, Take care of your spirit. And so anyway, that's, that's divine health. You just stay well. Divine healing, 
Now, now, now get this because see, some people don't know, don't know the difference. Divine healing is this. Divine healing is this. If you get something simple like a cold or just different things that try to go around all the time, God will speed up the healing process. Man, knock that thing out in a day or an hour or a couple hours. You know, belly aches come or, or, you know, just things that happen. You know, a headache tries to knock on your door. You're able to say, no, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. By his stripes, I was healed. Devil, get out of here. You're not putting this on me. And, you know, I think about all of you. Got your little babies and everything like that. Man, you want to get your babies healed. They, they start something that happens with little babies' bellies or diarrheas or coughs and stuff like that. Man, nobody wants their baby sick. Just lay your hands on your baby and say, devil, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. You have no rights here. Get out of here. And it's over with. It's done. Amen. That's divine healing. But then on another level for divine healing, if you get a diagnosis that is terminal, and the doctors say, nobody ever lives through this. you got six months. you got a year. Etc. Etc. Well, divine healing that level is this: God heals you. Amen. God heals you. And what's taking place with my platelets right now? My white blood cells. The doctor told me because of the chemo she gave me, she said your platelets, your white blood cells will never recover. I said, well, Mark six. That's myself. Yeah, I said, well, Jesus said Mark sixteen, verse seventeen, eighteen. Lay hands sick, they shall recover. And so my 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 whole thing is that see, I didn't contradict the doctor. I went to her for help. She's in one arena. I'm in another. And so I had to step into her arena for a while to get her help, to keep me alive. So my faith took over and did what it was supposed to do. But the whole thing is, I'm not in that arena only. I walk in two worlds. Amen. My spiritual man is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Lord works with me to confirm his word besides following. You can't see him, but he's here. Same thing in your life. But my physical body's in contact with this world. A lot of bad stuff in this world. And so if my physical body, I'm here, but my spirit, I'm there, but I live here. And so I function in both worlds. And so with her diagnosis of what she's done there, she did all she could do. And now she says that there will never recover. But Jesus said just the opposite. He said, you shall recover. And so my whole thing is, my whole thing is that every day my platelets and my white blood cells are getting better and better. And the day's coming very soon. When that lady look again, she'll say, you know what? Somebody up there likes you. And I say, he's not only up there, but the man upstairs has a son. He lives here. <laughs> uh, somebody give the Lord a hand. Amen. And so, verse 20, my son, attend to my words. Now listen, this. I'm going to give you some basic, real simple instruction. And because you're in a church like this, this will make sense to you. But this will, this will you know what? I'll just tell you this real simple. Because you said in a church like this, it's easy for you to believe. And so the people you know that are good Christians go to denominational churches that never know anything about this, never teach it, never touch it, don't know anything. you got to watch out. You don't blow them away about divine healing, divine health. See, a Christian, if they got a really good pastor and a really good relationship with the church and the pastor and stuff like that, they really trust the pastor. That's why God's judgment on pastors is very serious about us, what we say and what we do and how we live and as role models, as, as influencers, things we do because Christians look at their pastors just the old way I express I heard a man say it one time like this, they look at pastors as God Jr. And you know, that's not to give a big head to a pastor or anything, but we've got to realize that the words we say when people come to a church, some of them are facing life and death in their lives, in their marriages, 
in their finances, and they're listening very intently to every word that comes out of the man of God's life. And so when the man of God speaks things, especially if he shows them in the Word of God, man, they latch on to it. They've got it. Well, somebody goes to a denominational church, and you got pastors teach that, well, you know, uh, maybe he will, maybe he won't. God chooses who he heals. You can't tell what he'll do. Well, if you've got a Christian friend or relative that's sat in a church like that for the last bunches of years, and that's all they've ever heard, and then they've heard lies about your church sisters, well, they're a cult, and things like that, and they get a medical diagnosis, you go running to them, trying to unload everything you've heard taught here on them, man, I'll tell you what, they're going to shut you off, they're going to walk away from you, because they don't have a clue what you're talking about, because they're not hearing it, and what they're hearing is from somebody they trust. You see what I'm saying? And so people, although they're good Christians, and their pastors are good people, if they're not teaching healing from the Word of God, they don't know about it, and you're going to have to, I don't know what to say, except be very cautious and very gentle. You're going to have to spoon feed them. You know, it's going to be like a little baby, and you can't give them a whole teaspoon full of cereal. You've got to get a, you got to get a dropper, an eyedropper, and have like a little bird hold their mouth up and just drop a little bit in. Drop a little bit in. And, you know, just start dropping little things about, well, you know, I prayed, and Jesus healed me. Or... There was a family in the church that had a little baby that was very serious and they prayed and Jesus healed the baby. It's just start spoon feeding them and they start getting a little bit of hope in there and then over the course of time because you're learning the words yourself you can show them some Bible verses but not 15 at one time. Just enough to just say, hey, you see this right here? Look at that. Jesus healed this lady. Jesus healed this little girl. Well, look at that. Jesus healed this man. And just start showing little things like that. And all of a sudden, something will start opening up on the inside of them. But this verse says right here, my son, attend to my words. And so for you, what that would mean is this. Number one, sit under a pastor or a ministry that teaches divine healing. You're not attending to the word on healing if you go to a church that doesn't teach healing. Amen. And, you know, I like, I like what I heard Norval Hayes say years ago. Matter of fact, in April 1981, down at John Osteen's in Houston, Texas, at a minister's conference. I never forget what he said. You know, people, we're not knocking other churches. He said, he said, well, how they hurt anybody? And, and Norval said, well, it's not what they're teaching that's hurting them. It's what they're not teaching them that's killing them. It's what they're not teaching. And so if you don't heal it, how can you ever believe it if you don't hear it? Amen. And so, attend to my words. And so, number one, sit in a church that teaches healing. Take notes on what you're hearing. At the modern times we live in, praise God for those free podcasts. Man, I'll tell you what. Back back when I was poor, and I was trying to learn learn the Word of God off tapes and stuff like that, man, back when I had no money, it was really, really, really a struggle 35 years ago to buy a tape for $5. Man, that cost a lot of money back then. $5 for cassette tapes. And then sometimes, if you didn't have your tape player right, man, chew the thing up, you lost it anyway. Anybody remember those chewing the tapes up? Anybody ever take the little wheels off? Dave, you ever take those wheels off, try to put it back together and splice it? <laughs> I had a lot of spliced tapes. And no, what I'm saying is, you guys are very blessed. And they went that to the CD players, et cetera, et cetera. And so to attend to God's word in today's time, all you have to do, you, you can go on YouTube, listen to Brother Hagin, Brother Cope, a lot of good teachers. Go on the sermonette.com for us and listen, listen to the sermon again tonight for free. 
And that's what he's talking about here. He said, attend to my words. He said, they're healing and medicine to those who find them. And so it takes some effort. Attend to my words. You can buy those faith books. Back there, we've got so many great faith books on healing. You can buy those books, and they last forever and ever and ever and ever. You read them and read them and read them. You put yellow through them. You put red through them. And that, that's my book. That, all my books are like that because I know that sometimes it'll be a few years since I read a book, and I'll be thinking, wait a minute. Now, I know there's a section where he said this really good. And I'll think about it. I know which book that is. And I know it's about in the middle of the book. I open it up there because I got red stars around it. Yeah, I can find that passage from 10 years ago. And it'll help me again like it did back then. And what am I doing? I'm paying attention. Attend to my word. And so anyway, he says, attend to my word. And then he says, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Incline thy ear. How many ever saw the places where Jesus said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Okay, that means have an open heart. Have an open heart. Listen with your spiritual ears and shut down all religious error and preconceived mindset that Jesus doesn't heal everybody all the time. And you know, the there's not a lot of preachers that really that I know around this area that teach divine healing. You know, I know nearly every preacher Nearly every, there's some that don't believe it at all, but nearly every preacher will say, make this statement, God can heal if he wants to. They'll say that. They'll say, well, we'll pray, but you can't never tell what God might do. And they say all kinds of things like that. And the whole thing is, that is not right teaching. The Word of God teaches opposite of that. And so the thing is, we have to, we have to understand, if we've been in denominational churches for years, or been around religious things, and by religious things, I mean things that talk all about God, but leave God out. He's got to be right in the middle of the mix. And he can't be in the middle of the mix unless he's in the Word of God in your heart. When God's Word gets in your head, into your heart, and then begins to come out of your mouth, that's when faith is active. Amen. And so, you've got to be able to listen. And so I'm saying this, you know, for, for you and for people on the podcast, you've got to listen with your heart and when you're seeing the Word of God, passage after passage that confirms what's being taught from the Word of God, that if your head has been taught otherwise, you got to say, Head, shut up. You're not going to hinder me. I say, Error, get out of here in Jesus' name. I'm going to agree with the Word of God. He says, Incline thine ear. That means Jesus said, He that hath an ear to hear it, let him hear. That means you got to have to go right through this ear and bypass this sometimes, go right to your heart. Right to your heart. Because Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three that one way faith works. He says, you believe in your heart and doubt not. Well, see, doubt is always in the head. Because Jesus lives in your heart. And Jesus definitely believes the word. He is the word. And so when you're hearing the word of God taught, it bears witness for your spirit in here. And your spirit knows it. And your head thinks, no way, no way, no way. And you say, shut up, lion head. Shut up, lying devil. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. God's word says it. I believe it. I confess it. And it's mine. And that's the way it's going to be. Amen. Hey, you think I didn't have to do that when I saw that boy laying there with all that stuff in him? Last year when I sat in that chair all day long with that stuff running into me, knowing that, man, here we go again, another round of this. And then to go home in a stupor. Then my wife walked me into the church here and sent me down the front row and I just sit there like that and 
<laughs> my heart was working all the time. My mouth was working all the time. But you think my head wasn't being hit with no way, no way, no way. And then, then we'd meet other pastors at places we go to where pastors have died, their wives have run the churches. We know two or three people in California that the wives now run the church because the pastors are dead. You think that stuff wasn't hit me last year? And I say, no way, no way. I'd look her, I'd look her in the eye. I said, I said, and I'd always say, I promise you, you'll never be pastor without me. We'll do this together. We'll live to a ripe old age. Nobody's, they, amen. Amen. And, and I would tell her, I would tell her, I say, people's never going to come in here and feel sorry for you because your husband's not here. I said, your husband's staying here. And what am I saying? Because I've inclined my ear to a says, God's word wasn't just something that I say, well, I believe in healing. Well, yeah, bring him here. We'll pray for it. You can't tell what God will do. All I like to say is bring him. I'll tell you what God can do. He said, lay hands sick, they shall recover. He said, anoint them all in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. If they commit his sins, they'll be forgiven them. I can tell you what God will do. Amen. And so you got, you got to open your heart. You got to open your heart to the Word of God. And uh, always know this. God's Word is God's will. God's Word is God's will. And uh, I, I learned this years ago. This, I'll make a statement. If someone doesn't receive what the Bible says they can have, the problem's never on God's end. God said He's God. He changes God. He's not going to change what He believes. God's not going to change how He operates. And so if somebody has to change and make adjustments if it's not working, I learned a long time ago for me, I look up to heaven. I say, well, Jesus, I know. I know what your word says. I know it's mine. And I know you're not going to change these. What do I need to do? I need to make some kind of adjustment up here. I need to make some kind of adjustment down here. I need to make some kind of adjustment with my mouth. What do I need to do? Jesus, something has to change. Because I know you're not going to. You said this is mine. And so, Lord, I'm never going to say, because you said, let every man, uh, let, let, let every man, God be true, but every man a liar. And so, God, you're always true to your word. And so, I'm not going to say you're lying. You said it's mine. Amen. Amen. And you said you're not going to change. And he said, I'm supposed to change, but I have my mind renewed. Renewed to the word of God to think like you think. So, Lord, show me what to do. I'll make the adjustment. I'll change. And I want to thank you for that, Jesus. And so I said that to say this. You never know what's going on in the life of your good Christian friends or preachers or other people if they don't receive healing. God's word promises this for everybody. So if somebody does it, don't ever, ever, ever say, well, God just chose not to heal them. No, God did not choose not to heal them. God chose them to live long and live strong. But those qualifications in the Bible, how to live long and live strong. And we're looking at the big ones right here. He said, attend to my words. He said, pay attention. Listen. Get my word in your heart and in your mind. That's those are the qualifications. And so anyway, look at this, think this. Uh, it, it, it takes a Christian that wants to receive healing from God to receive healing from God. How many here have known Christians that you want to pray for them so much, you want to help know what God will do, and they say things like, well, uh, he knows what's best. Well, yeah, he said the word of God what's best. Lay hands on him, he'll heal him. He said, Lord, if I'll pray the prayer of faith, that he'll heal him. He knows what's best is right here. Well, you know, I don't want to ask him for too much. Does anybody know Christians like that, to say things like that? Well, I, I, I really don't want to bother him. 
Jesus was bothered 2,000 years ago with stripes on his back so they could get it. And so I'm saying it takes a Christian to cooperate, and the Christian's got to have an open heart to God's Word. The Christian's got to position themselves, sit under Bible teaching on healing, and study it on their own. God can only have mercy and bless someone because of ignorance of His Word so long. He'll put up with it for a while, but there comes a point in time God expects a Christian to open their Bible. There comes a point in time that God expects a believer to put forth some effort to grow spiritually and do something to grow and get a hold of it. Amen? Verse 21. Verse 21 then says, Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Let the words of God not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. And the result is that it's healing the medicine to all your flesh. But I want to show you what he's talking about here. He's talking about meditating in the Word of God, spiritual principle of meditating in God's Word. I want you to look at Psalms 1, and we'll just spend just a brief time here and come back and close it in Proverbs 4. But he says, Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. And Psalms 1 is something that I think that, you know, probably about everybody in this church is really familiar with this verse here because it's such a key part of our Christian life. And I was, I was looking at this a couple, two or three times a day, looking at it and going over it. Psalms 1, verse 1 through 3 is what I'm going to look at. He said, Blessed is the man or the woman that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law shall that he meditate day and night. Well, he's telling you right there the kind of people you shouldn't hang out with. And, you know, to me, in modern times, when I was looking at this, I was thinking about, you know, I don't want to just hammer on Facebook all the time, but it's killed too many people's lives. It's destroyed too many homes. But uh, there's people you hang out with on Facebook that you would let into your house. There's people that you follow on Internet things. I don't know much about all that stuff there. I'm not going to be some ignorant old man. I know I hear about them all. And one point in time, I've seen stuff on all the Instagrams and all that stuff. I don't know much about it, but I know it's there. But I know this, that if you're, going to, if you're going to hang out with people on there and feed on their garbage, you're hanging out with them. And you see all their Twitters and tweets and everything like that, all the negative stuff, the garbage stuff they're putting out there. Guess where that's going to? It's going right into there. And then you know where it goes to from there? It goes down into there. And then you wonder how come, well, how come pastor says I'm supposed to hear the voice of Jesus? I didn't say that. Jesus did. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He said, the voice of a stranger they won't follow. They flee from the stranger. Well, most of the, most of the voices you hear on those social media things are the voices of the strangers and you're not fleeing from them. Amen. By the way, I glanced at Facebook right before I come here because I want to see about the church. Everybody say anything about church today. And I saw your little post there. That was good. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that was really good. That was a lesson, wasn't it? It said, blessed man walked out the counsel of the ungodly. Well, ungodly doesn't just mean people that aren't saved because he talks about sinners in the next, in the next phrase. But ungodly people is non-word people. Do you know there's a lot of good church people that are non-word people? They're good people, but they don't know the Word of God. 
and you talk to them about healing and health, well, they'll tell you, oh, you leave that, you leave that to Almighty's hands. You don't know what he might do. It might not be his will. But boy, I'll tell you what, that sure puts faith in you, doesn't it? Man, that causes your faith to jump up all the way up. No, you don't hang out with people who don't speak the word. And then, of course, we know what sinners is, nor sit at the seat for the scornful. Well, the scornful is somebody that murmurs, complains, and whines about everything, but does nothing to change anything. Murmurs, whiners, complainers, negative people. And so he tells you, quit hanging out with this kind of people. You work with them all day long anyway, so why pal around with them at nighttime unless God gives you an assignment you're supposed to share something from the, his kingdom with them. But he says, but your delight's supposed to be in the word of God. It is law that you meditate day and night. This is how you keep the word in your heart and in front of your eyes. You meditate in it day and night. And what that means is this, you ponder by talking to oneself. Ponder by talking it out loud. And the Hebrew word denotes an act of recitation, a re-speaking of God's word. A re-speaking of God's word. That's how you get the word of God in your heart. And I want to give you just a short demonstration of what I did today for myself after the doctor told me yesterday that my white blood cells and my platelets would never get any better. Well, I went to Isaiah chapter 53, and I want you to go there. I want you to see this. Isaiah 53, and this is what I do to take God's medicine. Now, pay pay close attention because this really works. It's the Word of God. And always remember this, the Word works when you work the Word. Amen. It works when you work it. Isaiah 53, verse 1, starts off saying this, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, you know, King James is really kind of weird to get what he's saying sometimes. So anyway... See where it says, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, the arm of the Lord is talking about the power of God, his mighty, his mighty arm. The arm of the Lord, the power of God is revealed to who? The one that believes his report. You believe his report and his power is revealed. And so, and so I got a report from the doctor and everything in it was good except for those two things there. She said that was okay. He said that's, you know, you're okay. You're good. But said, your platelets are low, and so you got to watch out about bleeding, and your and your immune system has been compromised. So it'll never get any better. You got to watch out around being around sick people. I thought, man, that's my life is helping sick people. Amen. And so I mean, when she said that stuff, all I said was, well, thank you, but I don't agree with that. I don't receive that. You know, that's how this. So listen, listen. Here's how here's how this works. to meditate the word. It says, whose report you going to believe? If you believe God's report, that his power is revealed. And then, just for the sake of time, look at verse 4 and 5. Here's God's report that I believe. It says, surely he hath borne our griefs. If you've got a modern translation, it should say sicknesses. Center column in this says, Hebrew says, surely hath borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. And center column in Hebrew says, pains and diseases. And so here's the report I believe. Jesus bore my sicknesses. And carried my pains and diseases. Now this passage here is looking through the eyes of the disciples where they were there at Calvary. It said, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. They thought Jesus was probably being judged by God. And so he says, but, and here's the report I believe. 
Here's how you meditate the Word of God. Here's what I believe. He was wounded for Bernie's transgressions. He was bruised for Bernie's iniquities. The chastisement of Bernie's peace was upon him, and with Jesus' stripes, Bernie is healed. That's the report I believe. I believe that report. I've got that report very seriously in my heart. I've got that report very seriously in my head, in my thinking. And to have permanent uh, compromised immune system, that's not part of my thinking. It's not part of my covenant. I've got a covenant with God. To have to, to always have to my whole life, I have to watch everybody getting cut because I might bleed to death. That's not part of my covenant. My covenant says, and I believe this report, that with his stripes, I am healed. And I want to tell you something. I could find that book, that verse in the book of the Bible, with my eyes closed and blindfolded. I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a military guy, like a soldier marine, put a blindfold on me, take that gun apart. I lay those parts out there. I don't even have to see them. I can put them back on there and make that gun work. Take my Bible from me. I can find those verses. I'll pull them out. I know where they are. I'm serious about divine healing. I'm not just quoting something I heard Brother Hagin say 40 years ago. I'm not just quoting some verses my pastor said 35 years ago. I'm talking about verses I look at on a regular, consistent, every week, most days, verses in the Bible. They're in my heart and in my mouth. And then Jesus told me, close it out right here, Mark eleven twenty three. He said, here's how faith works. You speak to the mountain and you'll have what you say. And so I would say, I would say compromised immune system and watch it out for bleeding is a mountain. But guess what? The big mountain that was trying to kill me last year is gone. That's removed. So what's this molehill? Amen. And so what I want to ask you again, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. And you know, all of you that uh, have family and friends here that you hang out with, talk to, why don't you guys just start testing each other, learn some Bible verses on healing, and then ask, ask whoever it is you're close to, somebody in your family, your friends, start testing each other every day. Just, just, just have a, script, a scripture contest. Just say, okay, hey, give me a scripture on healing. And then, okay, hey, it's your turn. Now you give me one. Okay, that'll cost you two. And just start doing that. You know what that's going to do? That's going to cause your immune system to get built up. That's going to cause your faith to get built up. And that's going to cause you to be pre-inoculated. They say if you had your flu shot, say, yes, I'm 9-1-1. No sickness come nigh my dwelling. <laughs> hey, man, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.